It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You're listening to Ace Podcast Nation, the hottest new podcast network and YouTube channel in the UK. Featuring original series, top guests, expert analysts, and more. Check out facebook.com forward slash Nation for news on latest guests and shows. Watch every show in full at youtube.com forward slash Nation. Yes, lads, UFC fighter Jack Sawyer. You can catch me on the latest episode of Ace Podcast Nation. Make sure to give him a subscribe on YouTube. It's uh, youtube.com forward slash Ace Podcast Nation. And uh, looking forward to get back on there soon. Speak to you soon. Hey guys, I'm Sai and welcome to Ace Podcast Nation, the home of the Danny Batten Fight Show. This is episode number 55 and uh, it's the last show of 2020. i got to say I will be very glad to see the back of 2020 because it has been bad news after bad news after bad news. Um, so what we thought we'd do, as there's no UFC till the 16th of January I think it is, um, we are going to go back into the, the retro reviews. Um, probably well, we'll starting next week. But what we thought we'd do because with Christmas and everything, very busy, lots of eating and drinking to be done. Um, so me and Danny didn't really have enough time to uh, to watch like a full old UFC fight and a boxing match. So we decided we're going to discuss 2020 as a whole. We're going to look back at some of the best fights we or some of the fights we've enjoyed the most, some of the guests we've had on the show, how the show's changed. Just that, have a general review of the year, as it were. 
But uh, as usual, you can find this show and uh, all the other many great shows we've got on the channel uh, featuring top guests, expert analysts and more at youtube.com slash acepodcastnation. You can also follow us on social media. Uh, if you want to just follow the MMA and boxing stuff, then follow at DannyButtonFS, which is on Twitter and Instagram. And uh, that's just them, um, uh, you know. Just the MMA and boxing stuff, but uh, on the Ace Podcast Nation show, you'll have all the different shows and uh, audio versions of every single show at your favourite podcast platform. Just search Ace Podcast Nation. But uh, joining me to look back at the horrific year that is 2020, it is former Cage Warriors champion, UK MMA legend for the last time this year. It is Mr. Danny Batten. Welcome, my friend, and happy holidays. Yes, yeah, thank you, Simon. Everyone that's listening, I hope you've all had a good Christmas as much as we can do with all the restrictions that have been cursing our lives. But uh, yeah, yeah, um, I, I'm still enjoying, you know, having a little break from the old routine, so to speak, with uh, with work and what have you. It's nice to, you know, be at home, sitting my bum down, eating, drinking, gaining weight. Yes, uh, going for heavyweight. Going yeah. for the big return, and that it? it's going to be a heavyweight. I don't. Well, I'm touching light heavyweight at the minute. I'm around about 93, 94 kgs. And when you think that I was fighting 30 degrees, uh, 30 degrees, 30 kgs lighter than that, that's quite Jesus. scary. Yeah. yeah. What are you going to be like by New Year's Eve? Oof. Yes. But um, talking of light heavyweight, because you know we are professionals, we link in nicely. Uh, it looks like uh, Adesanya versus. Uh, Blaushevich's own. Um, it's been rumoured for the last couple of days. I thought I had saw something earlier. I thought I saw a notification saying that it was uh, official, but I just had a quick look. It doesn't seem to be official, but March the 9th, I think it was, Adesanya Blaushevich. i got to say, I am looking forward to it. However, I do feel for some of those light heavyweight contenders who have been hopped. Yeah, I mean, he's kind of cut in the queue. A little bit, but if anyone's deserving, he is. He's, um, you know, he's done fantastic. He, he's looked truly untouchable in his weight division. So, you yeah. know, it's going to create a lot of interest, nevertheless. Um, for fans, I'm sure they, they they don't mind either or way. But I imagine there's a few people muttering some disapprovals mm. um, behind the scenes. Yeah, it's it's a difficult one, isn't it? You had John Jones has vacated, so it's been a, like a bit of a free for all. Who can get that title? Blauschewitz yeah. is the guy. Adesanya has destroyed everyone at middleweight and no one looks like getting near him. They want to do Adesanya versus John Jones. That is the money fight for the UFC. And if you know Adesanya's got to go in there, he's got to be he's got to be impressive in this. It's effectively a John Jones eliminator, isn't it? It's like a number one contender to face John Jones because I would think that whoever wins that is going to face John Jones later in the year. What is interesting is John Jones vacated the light heavyweight title to move to heavyweight. I I can't imagine Adesanya is going to fight at heavyweight, so John Jones is going to have to come down, or they're going to have to do it at catchweight. And the thing is, if let's 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 do a hypothetical scenario, Dan. What if Adesanya beats Blaugschwitz for the light heavyweight title? And what if, but in the meantime. During the first six months of 2021, what if John Jones was to beat Stipe Miocic? John Jones might suddenly have an interest in the light heavyweight title again. 
Yeah, um, I don't know how it's going to play out. It's all a guessing game, really. Mm. But, uh, yeah, it looks like they're trying to build the Adesanya and Jones fight. But Adesanya's got to be effective in the light heavyweights. And yeah, you don't want to look past Jan Blauchwitz. No, 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 no. Um, yeah, I mean, I think he's got a difficult task there. He's going to give away natural size. Um, so I think a lot of what makes him effective in the middleweight division is going to be somewhat diminished in his effectiveness in the light heavyweights. You know, people are going to be able to take those precision strikes of his uh, and run through them and close in on him, which we've never seen. We we just don't see people closing in on him and taking him down. I think in that weight division, quite possibly we'll start to see that and see him tested in areas that we haven't seen him tested in before. Um, yeah, so he's, he's got a lot to overcome, I think, before he can prove himself to take on someone like Jones. Yeah, it's uh, it's a weird one, isn't it? Because he's never really been put under a massive amount of pressure. He's had a couple mm. of fights where you know he's maybe had to answer some questions, but he hasn't really had someone walk through his punches and put him under that pressure constantly. And Blauchowicz is that guy. Um, and Blauchowicz has had a phenomenal 2020 Um he fought at the end in 2019 when he beat um, uh, Sosa uh, via, it doesn't say, decision. Uh, and then he bought, uh, Then he fought uh, Corey Anderson, beat him by TKO in the first round in tw- at the, uh, February 2020. Then September 2020, he beat Dominic Reyes in like 18 seconds of the second round didn't he so yeah he was really dominant i remember he landing those devastating body kicks to set him up because there was opposite stance mm. um and uh he kept kicking him to the body to get him steering to his power hand it was it was a pretty impressive tactical performance yeah i remember at the time you were very impressed with um the way he set him up like yeah. he set him up throughout the the first round and then finished him early in the second and i think yeah. being honest if you've got dana white privately not in public and he was being perfectly honest i think the ufc would have wanted dominic reyes to win that fight from a publicity yeah. point of view and pr point of view he's their guy and he's their one of the commentators he's very yeah. well spoken he's good looking yeah. chap um, and he'd done he'd done ever so well against jones himself you know he, yeah. he looked really really good you know pushed him close it, it wasn't a complete mockery which Jones does to so many people he, he put up a really good performance but then got taken apart systematically by Blatterich oh, yeah. so yeah it's going to be super interesting super interesting to see how yeah. these two weight divisions emerge yeah and I mean looking back at Adesanya's uh, sort of year we had uh, he fought the end of 2019 he smoked Robert Whittaker in minute and a half of the second round um, and you know Robert Whittaker let's be honest was on a massive tear for a while before that he had been looking super impressive those fast hands knocking uh, knocking people out while he was uh, I think that was for the title wasn't it that was was that when Adesanya won the title against Whittaker or was that the rematch uh, I'm not too sure wasn't that wasn't that a rematch? I I'm not exactly Mr. Memory Man yeah. to reflect Yeah, that. I looks looking it doesn't say on here, but looking at I think uh that was the title match because he won there and then he defended against Yoel Romero, which was an app that was one of the worst fights of the year. That went five rounds back in March. Yeah, um, it was a ball fest. Yeah, and Pete Adesanya took a lot of criticism in that fight for the way he fought it. But 
maybe Romero was one of those guys who, if he hadn't fought the way he did, could have given him that bit of trouble that we talked about just a minute ago. No one's really put that pressure on him and taken him down, and and maybe Romero was that guy, and he had to fight yeah. like that to be, you know, to make sure to he didn't him. get taken down. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, and then in the September, obviously he beat uh, uh, Douglas Costa, uh, Douglas Costa, Paulo Costa, um, a minute into the second round. He looked super impressive in that. I got to be honest. Um, yeah, yeah. He he gave uh, Mr. Costa a bit of a, a tune in. And, and there Absolutely, was a bit of yeah. something. There was a bit of something there between them two as well, wasn't there? There was. There was. It was a big build-up. It was a you know, it fizzled out to be a bit of a disappointment. Regards what the fans wanted to see. I think we thought we was going to see people fancied two, Costa, two, didn't they? Yeah, they did, and and indeed I did. I, I thought this was going to be someone that could really take it to him and ruffle the feathers of Adesanya. But Adesanya, and he he never had a hair out of place, did he? The, the whole time mm. that he was in the cage, he, he dominated the strategy and the tactics from from the get go. And um, and then yeah went for the kill and got it literally yeah. first try it was fantastic performance and yeah that makes you think you know maybe you can go and make impressions over two weights normally when you see two weight champions you see it down at featherweight up to lightweight and uh, and we have seen it light heavyweight to heavyweight but I don't think we've seen it middleweight to light heavyweight I'm not too sure that we've seen a fight a big it's super effective it's, it's a bigger jump isn't it that's um, right yeah. I mean, just very quickly, we we mentioned Joel Romero just there. He's obviously in, with Bellator now. Um, Scott Coker had initially said that he would never sign, or he wouldn't sign Joel Romero, but he changed his mind. Romero's uh, signed to Bellator, which, you know, whilst I would prefer them to be focused on maybe some younger talent, I think Joel Romero's still in that bracket where he's got a little bit m- more to offer than he's not quite up there. Do you know what I mean? He's not up there well, in like the, the freak show level of age. He's yeah. just coming towards the end of his career, maybe. Yeah, yeah I mean, he's definitely in the past his peak, twilight. Not, you know, yeah, I would say he's past yet. his peak. But he hasn't been in those horrendous wars. You know, he's no. you know, pretty much looked after himself. In, yeah, in he hasn't taken damage like someone like Tony Ferguson or something like that. Is. He yeah. hasn't taken that sort of damage. That's Sorry right. to interrupt you, mate. Um you know, he's been going away. He's, he was in strike force back in 2008. Uh, yeah. But I mean, one thing I think, you know, we've talked about in particularly in the latter part of this year is about these young fighters challenging themselves against these big names who were perhaps past their peak, but on their way down, whether this we said about uh, Jack Shaw challenging someone like a, a Jose Aldo or someone like this. These are the guys. And I think in Bellator, you know, Yoel Romero is a real tough fight for a young middleweight who's perhaps getting a bit of a uh, bit of momentum in Bellator, not quite at the title level. If he can go in there and fight and beat Yoel Romero convincingly, then you've got a superstar on your hand. If Yoel Romero wins, then Yoel Romero can do the title fight. It's, I can see the benefits yeah. to it. You know, it's, in, it's intelligent. Yoel Romero's got. I mean, he's got. He's got to take on a lot of difficult propositions going over to Bellator. He's a um, highly contested name in UFC. Um, you know, so in, in many of these matches that he's going to have in Bellator, he's going to have it all to lose and not a lot to gain. Yes. Um, and, you know, what about motivation? You know, he's been on the, the biggest yeah. stage. I mean, UFC is the biggest stage. He's been on that for quite a number of years, been in some massive um, promotional fights 
and now he's kind of de degra um, you know, degrading or downgrading to, to Bellator. You know, not to take anything away from Bellator. No, we, we've been quite vocal about our dis disappointments and our questionable um, thoughts about how Bellator go about things and, and, and how they... Do they ever, they have done some good things uh, this year, I yeah, think it's fair to say as well. They have, but some very, very questionable ones as well. So, yeah. But, you know, my, my point is, how is your Marimbo going to, you know, deal with that? Is, is he going to be just as motivated as he ever has uh, in terms of his training and focus? It would be interesting to see because, um, you know, I'm not too sure how I'd feel being on the biggest stage at his age and then, coming down a peg or two and, and still motivate myself to, yeah, to well, he didn't be always the, the look, best I can be. Yeah, he didn't always look like super motivated, did he, in fairness. Um, I'm just trying to find the Bellator rankings of ridiculously hard to find uh, on the internet because I wanted to see, I, I in my head, I was thinking, I'm sure that, that Bellator, um, that middleweight division is one of their stronger divisions. But I can't think off the top of my head or who's you know who stands out there, who's the guys. Um, so I was just trying to find them, but they haven't got like UFC. You just go onto the website and it's there. Um, so the middleweight champion is. Could you tell me who the Bellator middleweight champion is, uh, Dan? Uh, uh, that will be. Um, oh, the Brazilian striking dude, isn't it? Gerhard um, Musasi. Yeah, Musasi. He is Brazilian, isn't it? Uh, no, he's Dutch. No? Dutch. Oh, Dutch. Oh. Uh, yeah, he but, beat yeah, uh, I know Douglas Lima. Guy. That's right, yeah. Lima come up a weight, didn't he? He did, yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, I I can't find the rankings, so I apologise. We can't do much about that. But it'd be interesting. I think Romero's a, a decent signing for the for Bellator to... You know, it, it gives someone a good challenge, a good fight. It's a big fight as well. He's a big name. But mm. I guess it'll depend on you know who they've got to to really push it. Um, what else have we got before we go into our little year review? Oh, we mentioned um, double champions, obviously this year. Uh, we had Mason Jones on the show a couple of times, and the, the 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 last time we had him on, obviously he was just before he went for the the second of his two belts, and that was for light heavyweight, I think, wasn't it? The second. Uh... Or was the f yeah? He went for light heavyweight uh, cage warriors title, didn't he? Because uh, I remember we discussing. I remember discussing um, with you whether you know he might not be big enough to to take on the guy. But um, yeah, I mean, he, he looked like he gave away a lot of height, didn't he? Yeah, he looked. He, he looked quite small, looked didn't he? Yeah, he did look small. But my goodness, this guy is is talented. He's, he's got the hands. He's got the takedown capabilities and. Lightweight. Round, it wasn't light true. heavyweight. It was yeah, lightweight. I, I, I was, didn't know whether I misheard you, so I was a little bit. What did you say, light heavyweight? Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, lightweight. Lightweight up to up to welterweight. That's right, and uh, yeah, he because um, that is a big real, weight jump. That's, that's a that's a big weight jump right there. Yeah, it is, and he, he looked he looked small, didn't he? Let's be honest. Against um, the the lad who he won his second title for, he, he looked the smaller of the two fighters. And uh, but you wouldn't have thought you wouldn't have thought when the fight started that he was the you know the one who had come come up a weight because he decimated him very quickly didn't he, he was very yeah, impressive he, he, he done very very well um you know he, he his Adam hands Proctor. Are just incredible he beat yeah Adam Proctor, Proctor, that's right yeah and he um, just he just presses the pressure he just pushes onto you and he makes you make mistakes 
And I think what going like referring back to Adesanya, you know, going up a weight, can he will people walk through his shots, etc. If you know, look at you look at Mason Jones and what he did to Adam Proctor. Maybe you know it is possible to go up a weight and still pour on that pressure and still dominate that fighter, even though you are maybe not as big. But um, you know, Mason Jones going into UFC next year. Well, he's he's in fight camp. He's put on social media. He's in fight camp. I'd expect a fight to be announced any time between now and the end of January. Um, I cannot wait because I think he's going to be fast-tracked. Um, and we've seen a couple of the young guys this year really get given big opportunities. And I mean, you know, Chemaev, he fought John Phillips in his first fight, which is no easy feat, uh, destroyed him. And then fought the next week, destroyed uh, Reese McKee. And then moved on again, and he thought, I think, you know, Shamayev was so active this year and so impressive. Modestus had a, you know, a phenomenal, a big, big fight uh, in only his second fight in the UFC. So they are given those opportunities if they, you know, if they arise with, whether it's injuries or withdrawals, they are given these young guys these opportunities to have a go at maybe a fight that they wouldn't have got necessarily sure you know I think, they wouldn't necessarily have put them in there that early yeah i think some of these opportunities are being arisen you know it's one of the advantages of this covid situation you're getting many a fighter not able to make um their actual fight date because of a covid infection not even with themselves but with a team member and it puts them out of commission for the fight on reasonably short notice so these youngsters they're always in training they always fight fit and they're ready to take these short short-term options and, and jump in there and take place of these other fighters um, to, to step up. And, yeah, so that's a, a benefit for them, I, I guess, one of the small benefits that you get from this whole COVID thing. Um, but, yeah, you're right, yeah, Dester's had his opportunity. He had a good win on his first fight and, um, and and really made a massive step up in competition in fighting that uh, group. But, yeah, he, he fell a little short on this one, but um, it'd be up and back at it in 2021 it's been you know overly a good year for him you know he became yeah, absolutely cage warriors light heavyweight champion he, he had some amazing performances and went on to ufc got his first win okay lost on that second one but still been a damn damn good year he should be smiling looking back and reflecting over yeah. 2020 absolutely he should be very excited about what's to come because um you know jimmy crew is a phenomenally difficult fighter to face and mm. You know, this it's nothing to be ashamed of whatsoever in losing to someone of that ilk. Um, mm. At the end of the show, we, me and Danny are going to give out a couple of Danny Batten Fight Show awards. We're going to give our fight of the year, fighter of the year, um, breakout stroke, breakout star of the year, or who we're most excited to see where they go in 2021. And also, we're going to uh, worst. Worst year. So who's had the worst year, basically? We don't want to say worst fighter of the year because I don't believe that's accurate. It's just who's had the worst year. But um, one guy who's going to be up there, mate, for breakout star or prospect is going to be Chemaev. Um He's been very active. He could uh, arguably could be up for fighter of the year, really. Um, he's been very, very active uh, during his short run in the uh, UFC in the COVID era. Uh, he began in July where he um, fought John Phillips. And, you know, John Phillips took that fight on short notice. Uh, he beat John Phillips fairly handily. 
10 days later, he faced uh, Reese McKay. Uh, you know, that was over real quick via a TKO. He had performance of the Knights Glow. Uh, then he beat Jehad uh, Mirshat, um, who, again, that's not an easy fight for uh, someone who's two fights into their mm. UFC career. Um, he had, again, performance of the night, knocked him out in 17 seconds. Then he yeah. was scheduled to fight Leon Edwards. So that would have been his fourth fight. Uh, the, the fight with Edwards was supposed to be December the 19th. That would have been yeah. his first first fight of the year. Uh, unfortunately, he tested positive for COVID. So that was out. Uh, but it is being rescheduled. And it's now on J- uh, January 20th, I think, off the top of my head. What, um, yeah. what's, your, what's your opinion of Chimaev? His year, his impact, like, yeah, he's been look, very, yeah. very active, haven't he? Yeah, I mean, his impact has been a lot of the hype in what he's done, you know, and he has done fantastic. He's got people out in the fights very, very quickly, and he was very, very active from the time that he stepped his first foot in the UFC door. Um, but I think he's still largely untested. Um, you know, not to take anything away from those performances, they are super great. But I don't think you could really say he's he's the fighter of the year. I just think there's other fighters that have achieved uh, more than he has. Um, but he has done fantastically well. I just think there's a lot of hype around him, and not to say he can't live up to the hype. But before he can be contested as someone that's a fighter of the year, I think you know that that might come in 2021 if he carries on his his dominance up into the top five ranks, sort of thing. Um, so, yeah, it, to me, there's a few question marks. So he's 9-0, which is a fantastic record, but there's other people with, uh, with you know, twice that. You know, yeah, you, he's, um, you just spoke about Israel Desanya. He's like 20-0. And you've got people like Jones who are 26-1, but that loss hmm. that he had was and a disqualification for downward yeah. elbows or something. You know, um, that was against, uh, oh, was that against, um, that was that uh, Matt Hillman oh, or something like that, Matt, wasn't it? Yeah, someone really random. Someone like that. Yeah, but yeah, like, yeah. So the other thing he's is, largely unbeaten. Chimaev, I know what you mean. Let's be clear, like Chimaev has got the full backing of the UFC promotional machine. Like they are all aboard the hype train for him. And yeah, yeah, you know, like John Phillips. With all due respect to John, he's um, a great fighter to watch. He's very exciting to watch. Um, hasn't really worked out for him in the UFC in terms of really pushing on to challenge mm. the rankings. Um, you know, Reese McKee took a fight on short notice. It was his first ever fight in the UFC. He's a young guy. So that was very, very difficult for him at welterweight. And then, you know, Gerhard Mearshart, you know, is he a journeyman really? Like a gateway fighter? Like, I don't want to be disrespectful to him, but, He's not. He, he didn't he, challenge. On paper, no, on paper he should have challenged more than he did. But I yes. think he kind of got. He got caught up into the hype as well. He looked like he was fighting scared. Um, yeah, cool. and really for me, underperformed completely. In the but, uh, if you remember in the build up to that, Dan Chimaev was saying how he was going to knock him out to be different yeah. to his previous two <sighs> fights. Yeah, and I think Gerhard got a bit caught up in that because he was almost pull him back a bit and he did yeah. get knocked out but he, he backpedaled he's up against the fence in no time and uh yeah and, and, and Leon Edwards is out. the one made for but, that you know that is the challenge yeah. for him isn't it that's yeah, his I mean, first let, real let's challenge. look at Leon Edwards he never even got a fight in 2020 I feel absolutely sorry mm. for this guy but his record's fantastic it's like an 18 and a 3 record the last time he, he, he had lost was back in like 2014 um against that oh. Claudia Silva um, you know that that's a, a six years, you know, r- 
reign that you know he's had. You know, yeah, getting sure. wins against good level guys. Um, what is that? Like an eight win winning streak, four years streak of getting wins. I mean, that's pretty damn impressive. And that don't oh, get yeah. spoke about nowhere near enough. And you're right when you talk about the UFC being on the on that train to promoting people. They've definitely done it and more for um, for Chemiov. But Neon Edwards, I felt like he was just put in the shadows and yeah, I don't know why because he's actually yeah he's an exciting fighter as well he'll take it to you um, you know he's not going to play it safe he gets in there and he's throwing bombs he's, he's there to win every minute of every round um, yeah so I'm kind of gutted really because the only way you can include him in any talk for 2020 is the fight that he should have but didn't have and he never got a fight for the, you know any of the previous year so yeah, it makes it difficult. Yeah, doesn't it? Part of the it year, makes sorry. it difficult. Yeah, yeah. Didn't uh, didn't get didn't get that activity. Um, you know, there's some some guys who just had some phenomenal years. Before we go into some of those uh, guys and girls who just had you know great years in the UFC, I want to talk about about the the Cage Warriors events which we witnessed. Obviously, we watched uh, two trilogies and we saw the show just before the lockdown, the first lockdown. So that first um, show before the lockdown, we saw Mason Jones crowned as uh, the, what weight was that? The first title. Um, he was a lightweight then welterweight champion. That's it. So yeah, he became lightweight champion at that, um, that first Cage Warriors show in Manchester. Um, mm. And it was relocated, wasn't it? At the last minute to, to be able to be kept on. The Cage Warriors one one three, and um, it, if you remember, that it was a phenomenal show. Phenom- it was so good. All the mm. fights were good. Um, obviously, the focus was on uh, Mason Jones, but we yeah, we also saw Paddy the Baddy fight and win. He got a KO, a TKO in the first round of that bout, mm. but then he obviously had an injury. Connor Hignett came back with that massive KO. Um, yeah, that and there was another fight if I remember correctly, which we really enjoyed. So Paddy Paddy the uh, Paddy Pimblet beat Decky Dalton. Uh, Mason defeated Joe Mc, Joe McCogan to win the title. Um, and then even in the prelims, we saw uh, that was a Perry Goodwin defeated Steve Amiable on a decision, which was a really good fight. Uh, Adam Armasinger, we've talked about him. How impressive! I think he's had a phenomenal year. In, yeah, uh, he has done very Warriors. very well. Um, and also Aiden Stephen, another one who deserves a lot of uh, credit for the year he's just had. Um, and Kingsley Crawford, we discussed him last week with Ben. Obviously, he wasn't mm. happy with some of his uh, some of his ac- antics, should we say? He was yeah. very impressive in that first Cage Warriors show uh, on the pro prelims. He beat Lewis Monarch via uh, a triangle choke. But that I remember being really impressed because at that time. Uh, the UFC had cancelled UFC London. There was boxing and Bellator. Everything was getting cancelled. Football, mm. it was all going off and everyone was kind of panicking almost, wasn't there? Is that there was no toilet roll. There was nothing <laughs> in the shops. It was terrible. Um, so, yeah, then we had a bit of a break then, mate. After the Cage Warriors 113, there was, there was no nothing for about two and a half, three months. So, yeah. you and myself, we had to come up with a plan. Um you know, and obviously we're, this is episode number 55. The show's changed from that first episode. That first episode, me and you didn't really 
know each other that well. We had uh, we'd done the one show before. We'd had a chat on the phone and you know texting back mm. and forth. Um, we were finding our feet, but I feel like you know even I look back at that that first show like the graphics were all different, the logo was mm. different. I th- mm. feel like you know it looks all it's all a bit more professional now and it looks a bit sharper and and it's grown. Uh, I feel it's better than ever. I got to say, I think we've had some phenomenal guests um throughout 2020 obviously up until there so where we got to the sort of the first lockdown i feel like we had um we were just sort of reviewing the ufc shows and and maybe talking a bit about some other stuff um we changed it up then um after lockdown we started having regular guests uh, i feel like there's not many names within uk mma bigger than the names we've got on um you know, we had some top guys. We've had guys from UFC. We've had guys from Bellator. We've had guys from Cage Warriors. We've had boxing promoters. You know, there's all sorts of different... Uh, we've had journalists on, of course. Um, James Lynch came on. Um, we've had it's just phenomenal guests. And they're all... I feel like they've all contributed a lot. Every show, they've all, they haven't just kind of sat there and, you know, just waited for their turn to talk. They've all just joined in. They've given their opinion. And I've got to say, some of the guests, I think they've all been phenomenal, by the way. There's not one guest that we've had on this show where I thought afterwards, oh, I don't know how that's going to turn out. Like, And I feel like there's some which I really, really enjoyed. Like um, Ben Ellis, when Ben Ellis came on, I'd, ne- I'd only spoken to him via text and stuff. Um, Mason had kind of said, give him a nod and said, come on the show. He agreed straight away. He came on. Um, great, great, great lad. And God, does he know his MMA? He watches everything, boxing, MMA. Every Saturday, he watches everything. And when we asked, like when it was his turn to give his analysis, I kind of sat back. I was like, wow. Like, he's, you know, all fighters know the ins and outs of the technical stuff because it's their job. But he was very, uh, very good at verbalizing it, I felt like. Um, So he stood out for me. Um, I also thought, I think Mason's, like, He's so, uh, Mason's a very charismatic guy and he's just, he makes you want to listen to him. But then Richard Shaw, such a knowledgeable, knowledgeable, knowledgeable guy like yourself. And like, I really love doing those shows for me as a, an MMA kind of fan, listening to you and Richard Shaw break down these fights. It's like two godfathers of MMA for me. And I just, I love it. It's just a, a real pleasure and treat for me. Jack Shaw is one of the nicest people I've ever spoken to and dealt with. What a gentleman. Yeah, absolutely. Um, You've got to remember as well, you know, these people ain't getting anything for, for it. They're doing not, it out of the pure love for the sport and and, and doing it because we've got good relations with them. And you know, we're really thankful to have them on. And, 100%, and, mate. You know, give up some of their Saturday because I know it, it gets put out, doesn't it, on a Wednesday. But you know, we're yeah. doing this on a Sunday evening which is yeah. a typical family day, and they're giving yeah. up an hour and a half, sometimes, and they also, nearly two yeah, hours, sometimes isn't it? Sometimes, yeah, yeah. And they also, they, you know, they've got to watch all the fights. And, yeah, you know, that's right. They do their best yes. to do that. Any, um, did any any of the guests kind of surprise you? Um, yeah, some of the some of the just the younger fighters that are, you know, relevant today, that just surprised me how um, mature they are in their um, outlook to their training, 
So not, not, not even about how they were breaking down the fights, although that was mm. impressive in itself. But just the way they, they have their outlook on their careers, it's uh, really with mature head on, on their shoulders. But, you know, a lot of that comes from who's coaching them. And, you know, you've already spoke about Richard Shaw. I mean, Jack Shaw's got his attitude, uh, which is proving winning time and time again because of, you know, the influence that his father has on him, uh, both as yeah. a father and as a, a coach and advisor. And clearly they, they, they're doing something that works and you get a sense of that when you're talking with people like Richard Shaw. Um, you know, someone that's really, um, how can I say, puts his information over in a very analytical, very calm way. Um, you just know that guy's clued up um, mm. and you, you, you get a sense of why that team is having the huge successes that they are having. Um, okay, it's not just one coming from their team succeeding. It's not just a standout because the kid's um, a, a natural talent. They're getting a standout time and time again, which goes there's something behind the coaching and how he's structuring and putting together his team. Uh, and that comes from a smart, mature individual, and you're seeing that in the, every aspect in Richard Shaw. Yeah, 100%. I think like we obviously we've had Richard on, we had Jack on, we had uh, Josh Crazy Horse Reed on, who was, uh, works under Richard, Brett Johns as well. Um, mm. I've had Oban on some other stuff and he'd done a couple of interviews with me ahead of his cage warrior stuff he is going to be coming on this show as well he's keen to do it it's just working into his schedule um and he's another one who's phenomenally like charismatic guy very confident but like mm. he's one of those people you want to listen to and you want to speak to sure. because he's just got that that aura around him but then you know the matt academy guys uh and lewis long you've we had Mason on, we had Ben Ellis, we had Aaron uh, Khalid, all guys who, mm. they're, they're the way they broke down the fights, the way they talk about, like you said, about their training. I think that's tremendous credit to to Lewis Long and, and, and you know, all yeah. the other coaches there. And even Lewis and himself, I thought he was a really funny guy. Um, yeah. Just a really likeable guy as well. Phenomenal guest. It was really, yeah. Mm. Really good stuff. And, and then and yourself, it's, we had all the BST guys on as well. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, we have. And obviously it gets a little bit more relaxed again because they're people mm. that are bounce off on a daily basis. But yeah, it's the contrast as well in people. Look at someone like Sam, Sam Creasy, so lightly spoken, um, yeah. really gentle-natured guy. But trust me, this guy, he can fight. But you, you, don't get, you don't get no sense of him being a fighter when you're just chatting with him. Um, you know, mm. talk for talk. Such real, an unassuming cool guy. Really very, very. Yeah, He's and really you know, I'm lucky enough nice to, to get get to train with him. I get him come down the BSC, and mm. I think I said before that I trained his younger brother. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, predominantly full time compared to where he's going to other gyms. So, and they're both very, very, um, you know, uh, well put over individuals. I suppose is a way of putting it. Yeah. But then you got you then you got the contrast of, of moods now. Someone else that I know very, very well is Luke Shanks. As you know, I trained him for many years before he made the move um, up north to Scotland and trains under James Doolan, another fantastic coach that I have a lot of respect for um, as a player and a, and a coach. Oh, yeah. Get uh, that's, James, that's already, I, pe I penciled that in <laughs> and, you know, he seemed keen to do so. Uh, you know, he does his own podcast. It's really yeah, successful yeah. as well. Um, but yeah, he, he's keen to come on. So I'm looking forward for that for 2021. That can be arranged, you know, possibly as early as January or February for that one. Um, but, you know, Luke, when we had him on, now normally, I, now I know Luke. Luke's, um, you know, he likes to horse play. He's always prattling about. But because that fight was coming up, uh, we had a very 
serious version of yeah. Lukashenko's. And, um, you know, and that was strange because I saw a side to him that's developed since I was training him. You know, it's been a couple of years now up in Scotland and he's taken his fight career a whole lot more serious than he did when he was training with us. Um, you know, he's really chasing that UFC. Um, missed out on it a little bit this time because he won the title, didn't he? And then he unfortunately lost it to, to incredible performance by Hadley. Absolutely incredible performance. I think and I don't he think got it's going to... caught up in his emotions a bit with the yeah, dislike of, of Jake. Again, going to, going to that personality, you, you get a sense of that. Um, he was up for a street fight almost when we were talking yeah. to him. He really took He's it... not happy, not, was he? He took it personally rather than mm. uh, professionally, I would say. And um, this is something that Luke will definitely have to learn from. Um, I think he knows where he went wrong with it. He knows what he has to put right. And that is his attitude towards these fights where people are going to try and get under your skin a little bit. And this guy got under his skin and he treated it like a street fight. He just ran over to him and he got himself taken down time again. But to go back to my point is look at the diversity of approaches when we're having them on the podcast and you get all sorts of different personalities but the beauty of it is is that our interest is all the same you know it's a podcast about mma and these combat sports and um, that brings us all together no matter what the personality differences are yeah 100 percent um obviously when you were we've had the moons brothers on tom and richard we've had george and vucinic on as the modestas on all train and you um and obviously when you were in fight island uh, I was in a bit of a pickle, not a pickle, but I obviously had to find someone to to step in. I didn't want to not cover it, particularly because your fighters were involved as well. So um, we did a live show because at that point UFC was doing Wednesday and Saturday shows. So um, I had we had uh, Canadian MMA journalist, journalist James Lynch, which I got to say James is uh, not only one of the best MMA journalists in the world. Um, He's a phenomenally nice guy. Look, this guy works for some of the biggest TV channels in America and or North America, Canada. Like, he is the real deal. If you go on his social media, he's like the list of people that he works with as a freelance guy. Is you're talking, you know, ESPNs and the Score and right. you know, proper top of the range uh, broadcasting companies and things like this. He interviews the very top fighters in the world on a weekly basis. So for him to, to give up his time, give up like an hour and a half of his time. Uh, he's also got young children on a Sunday evening, which would have been a Sunday morning for him. I think it was because of his time zone. He came on with, um, with Richard Moons. We covered the show. And I, I tell you, I was, I was in awe of just how, uh, how good he is for someone who's not gotten, you know, he's got no fight experience. He's just a, a journalist who's covered it for many years. Really, really impressive. And to top it off, just a, you know, just one of those people who you are just in awe of because they are just, mm. you know, when someone is so genuine and so just, just a good human being, you almost want to to, to be around them. Um, he mm. gives me that vibe a lot, and I speak to him semi regularly. Uh, he's coming back on the show, and I, and then you made a great point, mate, um, not long ago that you know none of these guys get anything out of it we don't pay guests um they give up their time out of their own you know their own schedules their own free will we are very blessed to ha have some contacts between the two of us to be able to speak to these people and you know you can sometimes get someone else to put you in contact with whoever um 
Jordan, obviously who fights under you, Jordan Vucinex. Um, oh, sorry, go back to James Lynch. I'm really looking forward to um, to doing the show with you and him because obviously you you missed out on that one because you were away. Yeah, I did. Um, yeah, and I think you two will get really you know get on really well. He you know he he knows who you are. He's very knowledgeable about MMA as a as a worldwide sport, and I think that'll be real interesting. I'd be really interested to see, you know, the 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 interactions between the two of you. It's going to be it's going to be a good one. So he's coming back on. We've got um, an MMA commentator coming on. We've got um, more Cage Warriors fighters coming on. Um, in talks with a couple of other fighters from Bellator and UFC. I know you've been uh, sniffing about some people as well. Um, we got. I can announce now that uh, Jack Jack Stone Mason is coming on because I've already agreed the date and stuff with him with that. So I'm really excited with that, um, and I'm really excited. You know, we'll have probably I'd say eighty percent of the guests who we've just mentioned and had on this year. I'd say eighty percent of them will also come back on next year, um, partially because they enjoy it. We enjoy having them on. Uh, it's just very enjoyable. Um, what was your who I don't want to say your favorite guest because that you know I put you on the spot a bit but when you look back at all the different shows we've done with all the different guests particularly is there one show which kind of sticks out for you and you really enjoyed uh it's not like enjoyed enjoyed the most um well, yeah, you mentioned it before. I think it's when you know we had someone more in my age bracket. <laughs> so when we had Richard well, on, because, um, as well, we had on. I forgot yeah, and Denniston, Denniston because um, you know they're back from a, a generation that crossed over with mine. Uh, and, and Richard Shaw was, you know, he started out pretty much as I started out. So he goes way, way back. Um, mm. And when you talk about Denniston uh, Sutherland, I mean, I, I'm lucky enough to get to spend a lot of time with this guy when we're out in Dubai together. Um, and I've had training history with him long, long ago anyways. Uh, so I know, know what kind of character he was all about. That was great because we, we get to talk in depth. Of, we we can talk about things back in 1999 and, um, you know, yeah, of course. which is when I was starting my career um, and they can relate to that. So I kind of have a slight fonder memory, um, you know, looking back with those ones because I had a connection from my roots. Yes. Um, yeah, but I, to be honest, I, I enjoy them all for what they bring. And I've already touched on the diversities of personalities that you come across with it. And, and that's kind of why I'm in it as well, you know, not only for the love of MMA, but for the love of people. Um, yeah. We really are lucky to 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 get to be exposed to so many different people by bringing them together on this podcast. It really is great. But, yeah, I mean, it really is pushing me into, you know, trying to commit to one or the other. I would say the ones that I have that, connection yeah. with that, that goes way back I, I just feel perhaps a little bit more comfortable at home and uh, feel like i can actually bounce off them a little bit more but um i really truly enjoy enjoy doing it with or without guests like you say our friendships developed i really enjoy it you know hooking up on our sunday evening it's become part of my life now it's part of the routine yeah, of my life the routine and schedule now yeah, it's not work for me. Okay, we have to sit down, we have to research. A lot of people don't realise what, what you have to put in oh, God, um, yeah. and, and kind of hiccups that we have. Um, when I was on holiday, we had a hell of a lot of trouble, didn't we, with my Wi-Fi connection. Um, it really took quite some something yeah. to get that done. But, of course, you chop it all up and you make it work and make it look smooth. But things ain't always smooth. We have to put a lot of research time in, making notes, studying the fights. So a lot of our Sundays um, are wiped out. We only put it 
all together in a presentation for which people listen to and see whether it's on UFC or just through the um, audio download. Um, they see the end product, at, but at the end of the day, a lot of time gets sacrificed. And again, we touched on it with these guests that come in on, you know, they're having to give up their Sundays, not just for their evening, but they have to research the fights and, you know, get themselves collectively together to show their knowledge, which is what it's yeah. all about. Yeah, they, they don't want to come on and not have watched the fights because then they almost feel like they've got nothing to say because they haven't watched the fights. It becomes mm. a bit awkward and stuff like that. I mean, unless you're Ben Ellis and you watch everything, you've got to, yeah, you know, yeah. you've got to do I something mean... on the Saturday or Sunday and watch them and catch up. It's just the, the way it is. But I mean, like I say, we've got some, uh, we've already got some phenomenal guests lined up uh, for the next year. Um, we are obviously going to keep going. We're going to keep going and going and we'll keep trying to grow. Obviously, the biggest difficulty with any um like podcast and video podcasts and things like this is there's kind of two things i think which are the most difficult and that's reaching guests who you don't have some sort of contact line with whether it's through someone else or through yourself it's very difficult to get you know get the attention of someone to invite them to come on um and also is finding new new people new eyes new ears to to listen to your show there is so much uh content out there and podcasts out there so you've got to just believe in what you're doing and i very much believe in ace podcast nation as a channel has grown massively in the in this particularly in the last six months is everything's gone up 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 um which is you know it's fantastic it's not where i want it to be at the moment but it will be um and i believe fully in that and at the end of the day the basis for that channel was there's various series and stuff which drop and I have different guests and different focuses. The, the backbone of this channel is the football and the MMA shows. They are the flagship shows of the channel. They are they are out week in week in, uh, week in week out. They're the ones which are are there every week, and I think that shows in the numbers. Like in the early days of our show, we'd have sort of solid numbers, and then the odd show would kind of spike. But then it would drop back down. But just in that those last six months, they've either kept cre- creeping up or staying the same, or you know they haven't gone down, which is obviously the main thing. Um, so we had a question sent in. We'll, we'll go back to the 2020 review, but it kind of fits in with what we've been talking about. Um, so we had a question sent in by Gaz. Um, he asked, "What are our plans, visions, ambitions for?" 2021 with the Danny Batten fight show which I thought was a very interesting question um, so what I'll do is we'll start first I'll ask you this Danny in the perfect world like the perfect world the absolute ideal where would you like to see the Danny Batten fight show well obviously I want to see it continue to grow in, in its interest of having regular listeners um, you know, that's what it's all about. We, we want to see that expansion. But it'd be great to get some form of sponsorship. I know this is something that, you know, things are potentially in the pipeline. Um, but we can't say no more than that. But that would be fantastic to, to get sponsorship. Um, and also keeping the influx of new guests coming in, as well as keeping the guests that we got. Because the nice thing for the listeners is that, you know, they get to see a different side of 
people other than what they see when they fight and compete or when they're, you know, just the coaching aspect. They're actually getting to meet these people effectively, indirectly through the podcast and getting a sense of their personality. And each time that they do come on, they're going to build up a little personal portfolio of how they see that person, that character. Um, and again, you know, when you get these new people come in, hopefully you get some kind of regulatory of those. So you've got to both have the, the, the base where you get people on, on a semi-regular basis um, and that's that personality developed throughout the year. You will add to that with some from fresh meat, so to speak, which we got plans for for early part of 2021. But yeah, I mean, that's nearly initially how I see it. I want to continue having fun and continue enjoying it, for which I have done immensely over this past year. And I'm hoping that that's going to be amplified for 2021 because we're all a lot more relaxed with this. You know, you know people might not realize how until they maybe come on to be part of a podcast, how, how at first, how stiff it makes you and yeah, how yeah. awkward it can be a little bit at first and how you feel watched or feel specifically listened to, which you are. Um, but yeah, it can make you clam up somewhat. Um, but yeah, we're both much more relaxed now. I mean, you're doing a lot more podcasting, obviously, than I am. We're just doing our one that we're doing together. You do your football. You've done your series on conspiracies as well. So you're obviously becoming well-versed in the whole experience it's of like a full time job for me. It's nonstop. Yeah. Um, exactly. Think, but I feel a lot more relaxed now. You know, we've been doing it for, what is it? 55 episodes. You said, yeah, yeah feeling, feeling my groove with it all. I suppose you would say. Yeah. I, so I think like in an ideal, perfect world, what I would love to be able to do is to take this show to like a radio station or something like that where we could do it, say, every Sunday night live and kind of get together or do it remotely or whatever and, and you know, be be paid for it. Be, that would be yeah. fantastic. That would be, like, the perfect world. However, I say that, I very much like... The thing I like about independent podcasting is I've got the Danny Batten 5 show and all the other shows under the Ace Podcast Nation banner. So, myself... I make the final decisions alongside for this show is me and you with Andy with the football show with me. You know, it's like a 50, 50 thing. We make decisions. We decide what direction we want to take it. Nobody is telling us you need to do this. You need to say that we give honest opinions on everything we talk about. And I pride myself on that, that sometimes we might even be critical of someone who we have on in the future or have had on because of, you know, nothing personal. Just we're given an opinion on a fight, whatever it may be. Um, and I probably, I, that's one thing I'm very, one of the things I'm very, very proud of uh, for this show is that we give honest opinions no matter what. Um, but, you know, obviously that, the radio station, you know, that's, a, that's almost like a pipe dream. That's not necessarily the aim. That would just be a perfect world. Um, yeah. Ultimately, I, I agree with you. I'd like to get a regular sponsor. Um, on the football show, we've got a sponsor who signed up for a year. Um, I would love to do that for this, get someone signed in for a year, brand up and partnership, because I think long-term, we're growing all the time. We can help a brand or a part, you know, if we partnership with someone. And, you know, I'd like to, to earn some money. I spend a lot of time uh, doing these podcasts, so it would be nice to for that time and effort to be recognized financially as well. But any money which we do get. So like obviously, for instance, with the live shows for football, you get if you can get 
YouTube people send super chats or if we've got the sponsorship that gets split 50 50 between me and Andy and that's it and that you know that'll be the same for this anything we get goes between us and that's the aim but also I well one thing I'll add one thing I would really like to do um when the covid stuff's out the way I would like to come up to Northampton or you come down to Cardiff and kind of do a show in person sat next to each other because I think that in itself creates like and you know we've got like a good rapport and stuff but I think in person again it creates a different rapport and I think a better rapport because you haven't got the technological issues you haven't got the slight delay and things like that when you're in a room with someone it's very different isn't it um so I just looked Northampton to Cardiff it's only it's under three hours drive so I mean Mm. I'd like to make that happen yeah, yeah, Whether yeah. And, and I could come up that. to you and we could film it in the BST or we can, you know, we could sort something out. Sure. I spend a lot of my life travelling, whether it's by plane or by car. You know, I clock up a lot of miles, um, you know, travelling here, there and everywhere. Mm. Um, I quite enjoy travelling. So I've, yeah. I've got no issue coming up with you and, and doing one side by side. But remember, for a bet, I've actually done one of these podcasts without no trousers or pants on. Yeah, so, I know. Uh, I, you know, I, hope I don't get proposition because yeah. I'll, I'll come and do that sat next to you. Yeah, I don't want to come. <laughs> don't want to be sat next to half-naked Danny Button. But, um, yeah, so thanks for the question, guys. I do appreciate that. Ultimately, the answer is we want to keep growing, uh, keep bringing in new eyes and ears, keep bringing on new guests and keep doing what we're doing um, and just keep getting better at it, I suppose. But, you know, ultimately, we can't, as much as we enjoy this and it's fun, we can't do it without the people watching and listening and the viewers' support. And particularly, you know, when we were doing those retro shows. So going back to where we were, Cage Warriors 113, lockdown happened. We We had to do something different because we had no fights to talk about so we came up with the we came up with a decision right we'll do some kind of retro reviews we'll start with usc1 and we'll just work through them and we'll get the viewers to send in uh, an mma or a boxing fight each week and we'll watch that as well and we'll talk about it we'll answer some questions and you know as much as i love covering the live stuff each sunday that was so much fun watching all those old shows having people send in like fights and stuff that it was just so enjoyable. Um, yeah. What was your favourite cool. so, retro show, mate? <laughs> oh, man, it's hard to say because, you know, the very first ones were just shocking how, <laughs> I don't want to say yeah. bad, but right, how else can you say it? Really bad. The, the luck of, lack of know-how, how to um, how to be an MMAist. I mean, people wasn't. It was either a wrestler, there was a jiu-jitsu guy, or there was a striker in some form. You know, um, it was only as you start, started to reach the ones that we have reached, that you started seeing anyone with a bit of skill in each of those areas, but still the holes in their game were were huge. And so I think sometimes when I was looking back, I was like dumbfounded how, how terrible it really was. I'm like, wow, you know, things have, have changed so, so, so much. But not only have they changed because the, the the level and the knowledge of this new sports grown, but also you got remember the rules have changed somewhat as well. So, you know, people was unable to settle into just the fact that it was bare knuckle because eventually that got taken out and people couldn't strategize for a potential fight that could go on for an unlimited amount of time because they started bringing in time limits and then rounds were introduced. Um, there has been many, many change and in recent times, uh, they've changed the ruling on how you um, 
class a grounded opponent and that for a little while was depicted on different states that you were fighting in so in one it was like the old way and in another state it's like the new way um so things are still evolving in that front but you know when we talk about you know how we can move forward with the podcast i think what would be a great idea is to get different perspective from different seated positions so we've got coaches perspective on things and fighters perspective on things wouldn't it be great to get a referee's perspective and yes. also um, a commentator's perspective of yeah. things that'll be fantastic a judge's perspective of things i mean people don't realize how difficult being a judge is i'd say always say a referee's job is much more hard because uh at the scrutiny uh, of all the fans and 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 you know the people watching but uh, commentators, I mean, that'd be great as well. And judges, wow. I would love to know how um, they see things and what their viewpoint was. And it'd be a great education for the listeners too. Uh, because they're kind of like, they're in the shadows that no one really knows. Um, they don't get a lot of airtime, do they? But no. it'd be great to do so. Yeah, 100%. I'm really looking forward to getting like those different outlooks on everything um, throughout the year. So... And we also got to watch some great boxing bouts during that little period where we were doing those retro reviews. We did the, the what was it, the uh, Bruno and... Tyson, was it? Bruno and Tyson. Bruno and Tyson. We did Lennox Lewis fights. Um, you know, we watched some really in- exciting bo- classic boxing, which was Lewis versus Bruno, we watched. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which was a good one. Um and we just kind of went through the Uf- the old UFCs. We we watched the so Royce. We did the Royce Gracie versus Sakuraba kind of feuds, didn't we? And we watched uh, all their fights from um, Pride. I think isn't it was a Pride, yeah. Yeah, they they, they combated in Pride, and that's yes. uh, yeah. But oh, they were I, all cool, so, you know. So so fond of looking back at that. But again, even looking back to then. Um, you know the, the the mistakes or what would be classed as mistakes today, and um, they weren't mistakes back then because no one knew how to capitalise on certain things that Sakuraba was doing. He was very much out of the box, but because he was uh, out of the box in his approach and doing things that other fighters had never seen before, no one knew how to react to him, and he turned it to his advantage. But uh, yeah, you couldn't get away with the things he was doing. I mean, he was giving up his back standing to yeah, create opportunities, yeah. and look, giving up his back standing is what led to. Uh, Henzo Gracie having his arm. I don't know whether it broke, but it certainly got dislocated. I don't want it to mm. break as well, but oh, he messed up his Brutal. arm. <laughs> and and it, it, it just amazed me how Henzo Gracie was uh, a little confused why he wasn't allowed to carry on. <laughs> but um, <laughs> Henzo Gracie, great fighter over the years. Uh, yeah. I really enjoyed looking back at him. But again, a very largely incomplete fighter to the skill sets that you see today. We really are spoilt with some incredible athletes today. But, you know, it's the eras. It's, uh, you, know, you can't really compare the greatest no. fighter of the 1990s or even in, you know, in the millennium. You know, things have advanced so, so much more on. And I've already stated before, back when I was a world champion in 2004, 2005, um, you know, I had the title for a good number of years. I wouldn't be able to compete as I was then against the top level pros in the weight division. I'm sure they, they would run be, be running me close, if not beating me. That goes to show how things have advanced just in those 15 years, particularly on the UK scene. Yeah, hundred percent. And it's, you know, the best fighters in 1990 wouldn't touch the best fighters as they were yeah, now. It's just you because can't compare. The, the fight to be a, in the UFC now, for instance, you have to be an all round fight you have to be able to do everything and yeah. of course there's fighters who are better at certain things but 
you have to be an all-round fighter and they just that just wasn't there and you mentioned Henzo Gracie you know for not you know when it comes to BJJ the Gracies are untouchable but they did get found out when other fighters learn how to defend you know not become um particularly great at grappling and things like that but just when they were able to defend it and the Gracies maybe had to put up with some more strikes against them it, and the, the technical side of the other fighters striking improved you did see them start to to lose fights whereas in that mm. first you know few ufc shows it was like hoist gracie just woof rattled yeah. through everyone um and funny enough one of my favorite shows that we did was uh it was episode number 16 uh, and in that show we covered ufc 4 and we talked we watched uh joe calzaghi versus bernard hopkins and we did the Henzo Gracie versus Sakuraba from Pride Ten, um, and it was such a such a good time watching those shows. Um, and me and you, we talked for a good two hours about this like retro content, nothing new, no yeah. new news. It was just like a, a real love of just watching combat sports, uh, and it's really one of my favourite shows. And the other thing is like when lockdown came around. We were just getting it, like we were just finding our feet as a podcast. We were starting to, you know, gain viewers and and listeners, and and then all of a sudden it was like, right, there's no there's no MMA and boxing, so we we had to change it up. Uh, mm. I think it was like around episode number ten, you know, which yeah. is so early into what we were trying to do and build. So episode ten, we talked uh, Cage Warriors. Um, and some other bits and pieces, and then after that, you you know you're kind of into the retro reviews. I think the next show or two, so we had to adapt, and I feel that we did a pretty good job. Like we had to be a bit creative, but you know, I like uh, I like to be challenged and to kind of you know we could have just kind of binned it off and said right we won't do any until September when or whenever the fights come back, but we didn't know how long that was going to be. So yeah. I do like the fact that we adapted rather than just waited for the, you know, for the, for everything to start back up. Yeah. Um, and we, we changed the way we've done things as well, but not because we sat down and made the specific change. I think it just began to happen. And then we spoke about it and, and eventually the changes was made. But we used to do the fights round by round, but yes. it kind of, it was a slow going way about it. And we decided to review the fight and just pick out a round if anything specific happened. And so we learned to, you know, um, overview the fights. It a bit, doesn't it? Yeah, and um, you can skim over it uh, and and just pick out the points more more detailed. I think because we were being so so detailed about every, it made it harder actually as well to yeah, try and prepare for it because you, you've got notes, right, and notes so many and notes, notes and notes. Yeah, that's right, and you you don't have to relay it. I think if you was doing it live and people are only listening, okay, you could do it punch for punch, kick for kick, takedown for takedown, etc., etc. But I think doing it the way we do it now, I think it was a natural evolutionary process of making things uh, run a little bit smoother. And there will probably be more that we haven't forecast as an idea of change yet, mm. but we will in the near future, yeah. I'm sure. So we will adapt and we will be making changes naturally. Yeah, the show will evolve. And, and you know, if you only have to look at the the visual aspect of the first show compared to now, we've obviously I've changed the software I use and different things like that, different graphics, different logo. We've got a you know, we had a fantastic new logo, which I really love. Um, 
which you can see behind me, behind my head. And also, the other aspect is it, like, going back to that question from Gaz, um, one thing I think I would like to do, perhaps next year, maybe the middle part of next year, but at some point, is I think I'd like to go live, like I do with the football shows, because um, having that audience interaction as you're going through and doing the show and, and talking about the fights with a guest and they can ask questions. They can, the people, the viewers can give their opinions on fights and fighters and they can ask the guest question. It adds a whole new dynamic to it. Um, and that is something which I would like to do. But ultimately to do that, you've got to, there's got to be that live audience there and it's picking the right night to do it. So like, I think a Sunday, you know, just doing it when we do it normally, but doing it live is probably the best slot for that. But what that does mm. then is it changes the schedule because obviously everyone's used to it coming out on a Wednesday. But, you know, it's uh, like you say, we'll evolve and we'll go as we go. Um, so after the lockdown, we had uh, the first trilogy event, which was Cage Warriors 114, 115, and 116. We saw Luke Shanks give one of the most one-sided five-round fights I think I've ever seen. We saw Aaron Khalid knock out. Uh, someone in a very special way. Uh, Jordan didn't fight on the first trilogy, did he? It was uh, the second trilogy, I think, mm-hmm. Jordan fought on. Um, but we saw some... Cage Warriors, I, just to kind of gloss over it, Cage Warriors put on some phenomenal fights this year. Um, Jake Hadley is one of the standout fighters of the year for me in any yeah. promotion. What Agreed. he's done has been a massively impressive. Um yeah, it's, uh, it's it's been a phenomenal year for Cage Warriors. I think, uh, I said last week, they deserve so much credit for what they've done this year. Um, mm. Paul Hughes has looked phenomenal. He beat uh, his fight with Aiden Stephen uh, at Cage Warriors, what was that, 116. So on that card, you had Mason Jones beat Adam Proctor to be the welterweight champion, two-weight champion, which was obviously a massive moment. You had Paul Hughes defeated Aiden Stephen via submission in uh, the third round of a fight. And I'll tell you what, that is, that's a fight that you should go and mm. seek out and watch if you're a fan, fan of MMA. And Paul Hughes was he's uh, a favourite of Cage Warriors, shall we say. They love him. Uh, we saw him go on to face Jordan Vucinic in the, the next trilogy. But in this trilogy, uh, Vucinic beat... Steve Amiable on a split decision. I think uh, you know, he, he won that. There was no doubt. We saw Sam Creasy return after a bit of a, del- uh, a layoff. It was Cage Warriors, I thought, the standard of fights in Cage Warriors this year was phenomenal. Um, yeah. And there was a couple of fights which I'd have actually up in my Fight of the Year candidates, including uh, Jordan mm. versus Paul Hughes. That was on my shortlist yeah. for Fight of the yeah. Year. Um Wrap up Cage Warriors in a nice little bow for me, mate, for 2020. Yeah, I mean, come on. Uh, we, we've had a really difficult year with the lockdown and the whole COVID situation. You know, we, This has been real well-versed over our time doing the podcast. But my God, UFC and then more closer to home, Cage Warriors really have pulled it out of the bag. Not only for regular shows, but how they put on these trilogies. I mean, that's just so impressive to do. I mean, one show under the difficult circumstances of how things are now being so different is difficult to organize, but to do them back to back, um, on a Thursday, Friday, then a Saturday night, 
that is just massively impressive and hugely valuable and appreciated for fans um, and, and us as podcasters, you know. It, it really has been amazing. Yeah, they, they've done a damn good job. And what people must understand is that Cage Warriors is a true world-class event. You know, you get Cage Warriors champion, they go over to UFC. They don't go over to UFC to, to not make an impression. They make impression. Yeah. They go out there and they start winning. Um, you know, it's a, it's a proper world stage, Cage Warriors. And, um, yeah, we're really, really lucky to have it so close to home. 100% mate. So um, before we go into the our little awards or our what our opinions are for the for the end of the year kind of things, I'm going to throw some names at you from the UFC. I just want you to maybe talk about their years a little bit uh, and what how you think they, you know, performed or what they've done. So we're going to start off with let's have a look. Put you on the spot now. Israel Adesanya. Tell me about his 2020 and what you think he's... Has it been good, bad or indifferent? Well, he's been practically faultless. He really has. You, it's, we haven't seen him under pressure, but that's not because the opponents he's been facing haven't been good enough to potentially do so. I just think he's created a style that's truly hard to beat and no one can figure out in three rounds or five rounds. Um, so he's so hugely unchallenged, he's, he's stepping up a weight. I mean, that just says something and not only his unbeaten record says something which is so hard to do in today's climate of the skill level i mean that the divisions really are quite deep um and he just he's shone he's shone upon shone and now stepping up a weight that truly is incredible he's had a fantastic year and um yeah what can i say i just can't wait to see what 2021 brings and we're seeing him step up and i'm not too sure i'm convinced that he's going to be successful in that height and weight division but I would not be surprised if he proves otherwise mm-hmm. because he's proved me wrong numerous times throughout the year where I thought he'd get tested and he just hasn't. It seems that each fighter that seemed to be the one to, to push him, he seems to have done a more and more convincing job. Yeah, 100%. Uh, so next up is uh, Charles Oliveira. Began his year beating Kevin Lee in the main event of UFC Fight Night 170. Finished the year uh, on December the 12th when he uh, beat Tony Ferguson by a unanimous decision. He also faced uh, a couple of... Uh, Benil Darouche in October. He started out as featherweight, didn't he? I think uh, he yeah, did. I think he was think a featherweight who then went to yeah. lightweight, wasn't he? Or was yeah, it the other way I think around? It, uh, no, 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 I think that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think going up a weight has looked really good for him. Um, yes. I, I just think he's he started to really come together in UFC in his last few fights. Um, I think he was a work in progress in his early introduction to the UFC. And I just think he's be- become more and more convincing as time goes. Look, you see some fighters, they stay the same. Um, you know, they're, they're there or thereabouts. And that's all you kind of get the sense of. They they win some and then they lose some, which is for most of the fighters in UFC. But you get the, the odd standout who starts to grow and surprise you. Now, sometimes when we're doing our predictions, I'll be doing it on their based previous performances. And, and then they start fighting out of their skin and they've introduced mm. new skills. Um, you know, you know uh, Ortega was, was one of them. You know, he come out just looking better than ever. He's striking and clearly made... Yeah, huge advances um, yeah incredible uh, Mackenzie Dern uh, with her last performance showing that she's clearly learning her striking you know these athletes are not only great fighters at any one moment that when as soon as they step foot in the UFC but some of them continue to improve in at quite a uh, quite a pace and, and 
Charles is one of those such fighters that, for me, has made clear improvements in his game. Yeah, 100%. Um, next up, I've got for you, it's an interesting one. Um, so, Glover Texera. Glover Texera oh, um, was this, on a two, two, he was two and three from 2016 to 18. And um, I think you'd be hard-pressed to think anyone would think that in 2020 he was going to make an impact at the age of 41. But he extended his current win streak to five finishes um, with finishes of Anthony Smith and Thiago Santos. Um, and I think he's probably looking around for a title shot at some point in 2021 for that last yeah, week. He's actually if they can in a very, fit him in. Exactly. He's in a very um, difficult situation. 41. because 41 years old, father time is, is going to be tapping on his shoulder. Uh, but hasn't he just done well? I, I really do love, love watching this guy fight. And he can strike somewhat, and we know his grappling is very, very good. Um, uh, and but this this guy, if you've seen a pattern in his fights, when he gets hurt, he always finds a way around it. He can yeah. get rocked on the feet. He manages to always get it to the mat. He's always um, able to change the rhythm of the fight to make it suit suit him and pull off a win. He really has done fantastically well. And I think he's learned to uh, adapt his game because age has to be a factor somewhere down the line. His card can't be as good as it was a decade ago or more. So he's obviously adapting um, in the gym. He's clearly sparring plenty because some fighters, they, they barely spar as they get, get older. You know, they, they you just end up sparring less. Mm. But um, clearly he's in there with these youngsters and, and advancing his game and trying to make that that age fit in the modern climate of MMA and still making it work. It's, it's to behold. I respect anyone that can still compete and be relevant in their early 40s. It's amazing that they do so. Yeah, he's, a, he's an impressive dude. And we used that word a minute ago when we were talking about the podcast, like evolving. Uh, he, he, his fight IQ, which is something we talk about a lot, I think mm. is phenomenal. And obviously he's a very experienced chap, but mm. to, to, when he's got a problem in during a fight, you know, he'll find a way. Um, next up, I've got Brandon Moreno. Uh, and this is a really interesting one because he was cut in the UFC in 2018. Uh, oh. Towards the end of 2018, he made his return in 2019 to the UFC. Um, it's a bit stop-starty. And then uh, 2020 has been... He's had some unbelievable fights. He... <sighs> So he had a pair of wins over uh, Juicier Formiga, who's you know, which uh, Formiga, sorry, and Roy Val, um, and he had a, f a five weight, a five round draw versus the flyweight champion uh, Devson Figueredo in December, mm. uh, and it would have made history. You know, he is uh, he's had an unbelievable year, and I really would be amazed if they don't run that back a third time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, he had a sticky spell, didn't he, in 2017, mm. 2018. He had two two losses uh, strung together. Um, but the, the guys looked so, so impressive. I mean, he always gets these... He's been in wars. He's been in some really difficult fights. And, uh, uh, my goodness, hasn't he blossomed? I think he really has started to touch the peak of his career. Um, I think, you know, we're going to see, see some interesting challenges um, to him, uh, both from other fighters coming up trying to take another shot at that title uh, themselves and and the, the fact that he wants to have another i'm not too sure whether they're going to run that title shot back straight away or not no, i think they I probably think so. will oh, oh you don't think they will i, I wouldn't I be surprised if they do 
I would like to, I don't like to see things run a second time straight away. I, I'd like to see mm. him reprove himself just because there's always fighters coming up the ranks. Especially um, in that division. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, he's done fantastic work, and I didn't think he would perform as well as he did uh, against Figueredo. Um, Figueredo's been looking unstoppable, both on the ground and he's striking. He just looks you know, totally a complete fighter. Um, and he's a physical, sizable dude as well. Um, really full package in every sense of the word. And I thought he'd come up a little bit short in practically every area. I thought he'd come up a little bit short in the striking, a little bit short in the wrestling, a little short on the ground, but that wasn't the case. Uh, that was a hard fight to judge. I wouldn't want to be a judge on that night. No, Fantastic no, no. fight. And, okay, a, George, a, a draw left, leaves things a little up in the air, like, oh, okay, a, a, a draw, draw, no one was the true victor there, but I think he can take a personal victory with, with that performance and to know that he is there and quite possibly going to be taking that title at some point in 2021. I believe he can do. I think when he fights um, Figueredo the, the next time around, he'll go in there with that confidence that he knows that he could actually really get that win, which clearly he had that belief anyway with the way he fought. But um, I think that's going to give him that added little push and that added little bit of confidence uh, to see that Figueredo is not completely invincible um, like he has been looking and that he can be beat. And um, it's going to be interesting. I can't wait to see him in 221. Yeah, me too. Uh, next up is Valentina Shevchenko. Um, she cleared out that flyweight division. She remains completely unstoppable. Um, she stopped Caitlin Shkagian. She had a decision win over Jennifer Meyer. She is uh, the queen of the fly that flyweight division. There are some decent contenders in line for a shot, but she uh, she looks... She looks set yeah. for that for that super fight versus Amanda Nunes. Yeah, this is the, the, the problem though is that she's always stepping up a weight to fight Nunes, isn't it? Um, yeah, and I'd love, uh, I'd love to see it at a catch weight where yeah, a bit I think more in Shevchenko's favour. Yeah, but then there's going to be no titles fought at that. It's no. I mean, that's a, a great one for the fans, but is that going to happen in reality? Well, no, I don't think Probably it will not. happen. So she, she's she's going to keep having to step up away each time. And Nunes is phenomenal in her weight division. They're both queens of each of their divisions. And, and to try and step up weight at the minute in the women's division, that it, it's just not been seen before. And I'm not so sure that we'll still see it because Nunes is just looking more and more unstoppable. She's someone else that is continuing to improve um, continuing to look more dominant in all areas and all aspects of her, of her martial art fighting. Um, Shevchenko's doing the same but at two different weights and again this is what's created so much interest with Adesanya he's been so so dominant in his weight division can he make an impact a division up it's only been seen in certain weight divisions and there's certain weight divisions where that step up looks a little harder um, and right now and, and I still think it's going to be a bit too much for her um, yes. but where does she go from here she's just she's sort of done everything Cle that can be yeah, done she's cleared it out it's mad uh, yeah, the, the division's a little shallow, isn't it? Um, yeah, I'd one. love to. I would love to see her really push Nunes, just for the fact yeah. that she's been so impressive in her weight division. It would be great to see her really challenge what is probably the pound for pound. Well, is pound for pound the best women fight women's fighter of all time? Yeah, it it's always great gonna, to see her get a good go at it. Yeah, it's like a football team, you know, whether you play home and away. Statistically, you play better at home. And um, to me, you know, Shoshenko is always going to be playing away going up. 
to Nunes's weight division. Um, yeah, for sure. And so, you know, although my predictions have not been um, completely correct throughout the year, um, I, I would say that she'd come up short again. Um, but it's a fight I definitely want to definitely want to see. I'd want to see that. It, there's very few fights you want to see for a third time round, but that one I would want to see because it, it'll be good. It'll just be good to watch. Good shout, mates. I am um, mm. uh, next on my list. I've got. I had Shemaev, but we've talked about Shemaev, so I'm going to move on to the next one. Is Gilbert Burns, um, oh, another yeah. fighter who you know he could be right up there with the fighter of the year, really. Um, mm. He's got a championship belt. He's. It was very impressive over Damian Meyer, Tyrone Woodley. He took apart. Um, he got. You know. He, I think. Just an impressive dude. They call him the Nigerian nightmare, and uh, I just think he had a, a phenomenal year. Um, he also, I think, well, he was due to fight Usman, wasn't he? Uh, I think Gilbert Burns, and I just did he fight Usman? He did, didn't he? Uh, like so many fights, I get confused. Did he no, fight I don't, I don't Usman? Think he did. No, he didn't. No, I don't think he did. Mm-hmm. But I think that's no, probably no, no, the but... way that they'll go. Yeah, I mean, he did have a good 2020, but he only fought two times. Um, He fought two times, got two great wins, but against two individuals that are really on the way out. I mean, Damian Mm. Myers, not a young man and quite one-dimensional. And Tyrone Woodley just really struggled. Um, I think he's lost his last four in a row, something along those lines, or last three in a row at least. Um, You know, Gunnar Nelson, again, someone that's a little bit one-dimensional, on a six-fight um, win streak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, you know he has done fantastic. Uh, I just want to see him, you know, beat someone who's you know, young yeah. and tenacious like he is and um, just to make me feel that, okay, this guy's a real deal. Not to say I don't think he's a real deal. I certainly think that. But I think for his own little legacy that he's creating, he, he has to beat someone perhaps uh, a little bit closer, matching him with age and, and, and ability to see that he can fight through adversity. Mm. Uh, next up, I've got Kevin Holland. Uh, he took his record to 5-0 and uh, with four knockouts uh, in bouts of 2020. He beat Anthony Hernandez, Joaquin Buckley, Darren Stewart, uh, Charlie Ontiveres and Jack Ray Souza. Uh, he even picked up three performance of the night bonuses. Uh, he's in the top 10 at 185. Got a black belt in jiu-jitsu as well, just to top it off. Everyone else has had a shite year, but it sounds like... Uh, Kevin Holland had a phenomenal one. Yeah, I mean, what a, a way to, for him to finish the year as well. Um, okay, so, you know, uh, Ronaldo Souza is an, an, another ageing foe, but got incredible um, jiu-jitsu and a really underrated striking game as well. But he has been knocked out a little easy uh, yes. in fights previous. And what a way to be knocked out, though. But you can't take away from the creativity of Kevin Holland. He's creative. He's unorthodox. He'll, he'll hit you from weird angles on the feet. He'll do weird things on the feet, but he also does weird things on the ground. But mm. effectively, he beat Renault Souza uh, on the ground, effectively. It was in a grounded situation, and um, he, he found a way to win. He used that space quite intelligently. People just might think and assume that he just caught a lucky punch. Again, I always state that I don't believe in luck. It was not um, luck at all. He turned himself to the side to generate... Um, um, 
uh, more power in the shot from his back. That ain't easy to do. A lot of people rabbit punch off the back. He created power, and that helped get the win, and it was great for him. This guy's such a good character. He quite often talks in there. He's got bravado. Mm-hmm. And he's certainly going to have a very, very active and, and very interesting 2021. And I love watching the guy. Yes, yeah, 100%. Um, next on my list was Jan Blauterich. We kind of talked about him as well. So I, I get to focus on um, these two fighters because these two fighters are actually um, were basically uh, the last two on my shortlist. My final three for Fighter of the Year sort of shortlist are Davison Figueredo, uh, Shang Huili, and Jake Hadley. Um, and when I whittle it down... I look at uh, Shang Huili and ultimately I don't put her as fighter of the year because she didn't fight as much as someone like, say, Kevin Holland. You know, Mm. Um, she had what, in my opinion, is the greatest fight of all time. But uh, she didn't or hasn't been massively active. I think it's like, mm. I don't know if that's... But then, when you have a fight like she did against Joanna John Jacek, maybe that is a once-a-year once fight. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it was so brutal, so uh, so bloody, so physical, that maybe you could only do that once a year. But I think yeah, some uh, of it was to do with visas and COVID and, I think and this r- sort of r- thing as well. Right now, I think it would be unfair to sort of like group the female and the men into... A bracket where they're contesting for fighter of the year all in one okay. bracket because the, the fighters can uh, the male fighters can fight so much more often yeah um, because the, the pool of fighters is so much more thick and, and dense so of course they can fight more often um you know the women don't have that luxury yet so i think that would be a little unfair to to, to test but it would be at that zhang and um and, and shevchenko that they've both been really really truly impressive who you would pick out of either of those um i don't know but they're both um the standouts um in the winners um joanna uh, she 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 struggled of late if you think mm-hmm. of what was her stats i mean i think she's only won two of her last six or something along those lines or she lost something like um yeah she's lost four of her last six fights um not to say that she's, she's still not a capable fantastic fighter and, isn't she but um, absolutely, she, but you know, um, she had something like a what, something like a fourteen fight win streak leading up to the time that now she's got women that can actually compete with her uh, and beat her. She's kind of struggling with the results, you know, getting the actual results in. Again, every one of those losses have been fantastic performances um, from her. But yeah, it goes to show you what kind of females are coming into the divisions and. Even people like Joanna, who's looking so dominant a few years ago, are now struggling. I think it was uh, that Rose. Yeah, I mean, she was Ju- 40 Judas. and 0, wasn't she? And then she, yeah, and she, she, she said lost. some not nice things to Rose now, no. Miss. And yeah, uh, I mean, it's just no way. Her. Yeah, she, she got got beat two times. One of them was with, uh, was, it a, uh, was it a slam or something? Was it a take Yeah, she like slammed her down and then pummeled her That's face, right. if I remember and then, correctly. And then got beat on this decision the, the second mm. time around i think maybe she hasn't she, been the same since then she? yeah well i don't well, I'm not even saying that she hasn't been the same i just think maybe she knows she's not invincible anymore yeah. and that may have edged towards maybe her getting these close losses that she's had thereafter mm. um it's hard to really know but it's good to see rose coming back i'm not too sure what a commitment is to mma um, yeah. she's got a strange strange girl isn't she i'm not too sure whether she's wholly committed for 
chasing the title, but she absolutely could be uh, a title contender. She's very uh, talented, isn't she? she? Did she fight just once, I think, in 2020, mm. I believe. Yeah, I think so. Uh, um, but got a good win. Um, that was over so, that. That was over that. Jessica Andrado was. Yeah, it? that's um, it. Yeah, I think so. That she had previously lost to, I think. Um, but yeah, she returned yeah. her loss and got the win over her. So she she could absolutely be relevant for the division. It'd be great to have her in the mix again if she fights more frequent in two thousand twenty one. Yeah, hundred percent, mate. There's some like there's so many talented uh, fighters that we could discuss. You know, we haven't really touched on the British contingent. Who, uh, who will go, which we'll probably, I'm sure we'll touch on in a minute. But uh, we've hit an hour and a half, so I don't want to go on too much longer. So what we're going to do, um, you know, we have with this people like Qatar, Khabib, um, Amanda Rebas had a really good year. Um, Lauren Murphy, Curtis Blades had a very good year. Uh, Jamal yeah, yeah. Hill, Joaquin Buckley. There's so many, you know, real good fighters. But I'm going to put you on the spot. Okay. As I like to do, and right. I'm going to ask you to tell me who is your MMA male fighter of the year. Uh, I'm. I think it'd be hard push to to fight against uh, Figueredo. I think mm. is to me. I just think, yeah, he's had the wins on the ground. He's had the wins on the feet. He's got the wins on decision. Okay, got pushed to a draw, um, but he's been active. And uh, it not avoided anyone. He's had some real tough fights. Um, and he was a chap he beat twice. Um, uh, oh my goodness. Uh, um, he fought Fenerbahce. Yeah. He fought and, and, you know, decimated him the second time around. I'd say for, for me, for, for the dominance uh, and the toughness of fights that he's had. Um, you know, okay, so people like Ad, uh, Israel Adesanya seem to have made such easy work. You could say, well, you know, shouldn't he deserve it? Maybe so. But I think for the fact that he's had some real tough matchups and he's been in the wars as well and always seems to come away with the, the, the victory or come away, keep holding the belt. So it weren't a victory in the last time around, but he still kept the belt with that draw. Um, yeah, I, I'd say for him. But there, there's so many other great fighters during the year really yeah. I mean Wonder Boy Thompson I mean he impresses me 37 years old and the last performance he put on was was really incredible against a really dangerous uh, opponent and, and Neil but yeah but I'm, I'm think it's an interesting year as well for the, the falling and the demise of uh, some of the fighters um, Junior DeSantis really not not looked himself um, and I think he's on a four fight loss um, he lost against uh, Francis Nagano, Curtis Blades, uh, Rosenstruck, and um, and then just recently that uh, Cyril Gain, Gainer. Yeah. Um, really, really struggling, and you know I can't see him having much of a future. Robbie Lawler on another, you know, what a great fighter he's been in the past. Another guy past his, you know, mid thirties and um, not looking himself. I mean, he's had losses against um, Rafael De Santos, um, Ben Askren. You know, when he got bulldog choked. Yeah. Uh, you got uh, Colby Covington, who's had a he's another fantastic year that uh, another fighter that's had, but he had that loss against Usman. Um, Neil Magny. You know, he's, he's had his losses as well. Um, there's a few fighters out there that have really had tough years. Tyron Woodley, Kevin Gastelum, um, Tevin Gastelum. Ferguson. He, yeah, Tony Ferguson, but Gaslam, you know, he was 10 and 0 at, at one point. Then he had a loss against um, Till, Jack uh, Amenson, Israel Adesanya. You know, he's really had a, um, a hard time lately. And of course, you know, if you can even include this because of his 
you know, he's had an incredible uh, fight career. But Anderson Silva, you know, really uh, fell by the wayside. Um, and at his age, you know, of, of course, I suppose you're going to. But, um, yeah, you know, we've seen some fighters really fall by the wayside this year as well, which is kind of sad to see. And fighters getting cut, fighters transferring over to Bellator. Um, yeah, there's been a sad year as much as it's been an exciting one for new talent. Um, and with in cup that comes the new, um, out must go the old. And we're seeing father time catch up on some of these fighters. And uh, I don't think we'll be seeing a lot of them, if not nothing at all of them, in 2021. Yeah, so we've obviously seen Khabib and uh, Anderson Silva retire this year. Um, so I'm going to put you on the spot again. Who uh, For the Danny Batten fight show, who has had the worst year? It's a really hard one, I think. Um, Okay, I think from the fall from great expectations and um, and for disappointment for the fight that never happened really is Ferguson. Um, Mm. This guy was you know going to be fighting uh, Khabib. Some and and me, I was caught up with his wins and ready for that uh, fight. Yeah, but now you've seen him perform uh, not, not so well. I mean, Gaethje just put such a number on him. Um, he really, really did. And, and Gaethje would have been, for me, the fighter of the year had he performed um, valiantly against Habib. It was really, truly disappointing against Habib. But, yeah. you know, is that because um, Habib is just Khabib so untouchable? Just good. Um, mm. But he, he really didn't look very good. His boxing fell apart and everything. Mm. So uh, it's kind of like really let down with what I think could have been a closer fight had he kept himself together. It was almost like he let the pressure get at him somewhat. Um, but, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, for, for when when you think he was right up the figures and was right up there, the centre of attention, the fight still never happened. And then he had that devastating loss, and then really never just lost he? it. He's just lost his rhythm um, with that with that last fight that he had. And I, I don't I don't think I I would be too chuffed to see him in two thousand and twenty one. Well, we had a, a disagreement, didn't we, uh, recently on one of the shows where I think one of us said he should take a break for the first part of the, the year. To, just to try and recover and heal, and one of us said no, he should get back in and just yeah get that rhythm back. It's a difficult one. He's taken a lot of damage, Tony Ferguson. Even in his yeah. wins, he's taken a lot of damage, yep. which catches up with you as you get older. Um, and what was your who's your female fighter of the year? Well, like I said, I think that's a, a toss up between uh, Zhang Weili and um, Shoshenko. Um, yeah. Who you pick out of those? I mean, I suppose Shevchenko for her. She's, she's been pretty. I think she's been more active, hasn't she? Yeah, yeah, she has. Um, you did, you did so, say that. Sorry, mate. I forgot, um, yeah, yeah. I, I'd be pushing Making and leaning towards yourself. her, and, and she's more attractive as well. <laughs> <laughs> so, who is, or what is, or what was the best fight of 2020? Oh my God! We now we've been treated been to a, 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 a few of blinders. Those. Uh, yeah, you know what? Um, yeah, there, there's some that you can easily forget about. But do you remember um, Emmett versus uh, Burgos? Yeah, right. Do you remember that vaguely, fight? They yeah, were, I do remind they you, were, yeah, vaguely. Uh, you know, Burgos is a you know uh, he nudges forward constantly. This guy and he's a big guy at the weight division. Um, but Emmett, they were both throwing strikes hard as they could from start to finish, and uh, Burgos just began to fade, and Emmett. I mean, he's not a young fighter, but always comes in good shape. Hmm. Always. You, 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 he's, his cardio is faultless every single time. It's kind of like, um, 
oh my god what's the name of the guy who's he was lightweight went down oh my goodness i'm so bad at bringing up names uh, <laughs> real legend um he was lightweight went to featherweight and then gone down to bantamweight oh my good. goodness me jose aldo no 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 oh, he's lost against jose aldo twice um Ah, oh, <laughs> I'm going to get his name up, but um, damn it! But he's always fit, even though he's um, you know aging somewhat. Always yeah. super super fit. Um, Emmett's one of those for me. I think he kind of like gets overshadowed a little bit, but he's someone that I think is a real top notch martial artist. And that was a great fight. Um, oh my god! Then you got the Poyo versus Hooker. Hooker was in two amazing fights um, throughout the year. Hooker when he fought Poirier, that was a fantastic fight. And Hooker versus Felder, another fantastic oh, fight. Oh, fight my God. So, I don't know. How would you pick the best? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? You have put me on the it's spot. so difficult. Um, for the females, it'd be Zang and Joanna, um, if you're going to yeah. like, tear them apart. And I think for the men, the Figueredo versus Moreno. I, I think yeah. that, that was just They're the such, for a, me. such a lot. Yeah. Like, if you had to, if you held a gun to my head and you said, right, you have to pick what is the best fight of 2020, yeah. I would probably go with Joanna versus Zhang. But that yeah. and the draw between Moreno and Figueredo are the kind of the two. Yeah. But, like, I've really enjoyed watching Justin Gaethje fight this year, i got to say. Ah. Um, if it wasn't for that Khabib fight, I feel like he's the runaway uh, fight yeah. of the year. But because he yeah. was so disappointing in that Khabib fight, Figueredo obviously is just like this all-round beast that just takes it. Um, and I've just brought up that Josh Emmett Shane Burgos fight to remind me, uh, remind myself of it. And I, wow, <laughs> yeah, it's a brilliant I'll go fight. Go back and watch that later. Yeah, because that a looks good one. brutal. I just brought up the highlights. Um, so I was trying to fight Max Holloway. Is it? Is that the one you were thinking of? No, um, no, Jose no. Aldo uh, beat him twice. I'm trying to. Oh no, he lost no, to Jose Aldo twice. I'm trying to find this uh, fighter you were trying to think of. I, I will. Hang on one second. Cub Swanson. No, although he done really well, didn't he, the other day? He did have a little uh, uh, a revitalization. Come on, you got to find, find this it. name, Dad, because you're terrible with names. It. I uh, just can't Marlon bring him up. Vera. No, I'm trying to you, find someone who what? Jose Aldo has beaten sit. twice. <laughs> I'm sure he's beaten him twice. Uh, just bear with me. Right, I'm, uh, I'm Jose Aldo. But yeah, that is... Um, yeah, so just while Danny's oh, looking for this uh, name. Yeah, look, there's another fighter that done really well this year, Peter Yan. Yeah, God, yeah. I mean, he's done incredibly well. Volkanovski. Uh, right, Frankie Edgar. Frankie Edgar. There we go. Yeah, I'm sure he fought him twice, didn't he? I think so, yeah. Just checking. I think just he did, just yeah. Checking. Oh, yeah, he did. He beat, he beat yeah, him. Yeah, he did. Yeah, beat him two times. But Frankie Edgar, I mean, he's not the youngest of dudes, but he always comes with bags of cards. You never see this guy um, having cardio being a consequence of any result, no matter how fast-paced the fight goes. Yeah, yeah, 100%. It's, um, I, I can't wait until the UFC starts up again. The first fight back, we've got Holloway versus Qatar. That is going to be an unbelievable fight because yeah. that's the, like 16th of Jan, straight in. Holloway versus Qatar. Kelvin Qatar was so uh, impressive this year. Yeah, uh, he has been. That's a lightweight, right? Featherweight. Is that a featherweight, is it? It is. Okay. Um, okay. So that's our kind of roundup of 2020. We've had a little chat about a bit of everything. Um, what I would like to close the show by saying is uh, thank you to everyone who's watched 
followed, subscribed, listened, downloaded, whatever it may be, sent questions, whatever it may be. We really appreciate you supporting the show. Please come follow the social media pages. The the Instagram page is constantly ticking over these days, which is great. I'd like to get some more followers on the Twitter page for the show. It's at Danny Button FS on Twitter and Instagram. Instagram. Um, subscribe to the YouTube channel. We will probably take the show live on YouTube at some point this year. Um, but we to do that, we just want to make sure that we've got that live audience and slot right so people can get involved because... It does bring such a different uh, dynamic to the show. I know we do a live football show Monday and Friday, and it really does, it makes it a lot of fun, uh, even more fun than what it already is. Um, you know, there's so many fighters and so many moments and so many fights that have happened in 2020 that we could have, you know, we could have done, talked about this for hours and hours. We've done an hour 40. That's pretty good. I'm also absolutely busting for the loo. So I'm going to wrap it up. <laughs> Danny, I would like to say thank you very much, sir, for your friendship, for your joining me on the podcast for 55 episodes and getting me through the shit year that 2020 <laughs> has been. We are nearly on the back of 2020. I'm sure that 2020 has a couple more surprises for us before the year is about gone. But uh, in the meantime, I thank you, sir. Yeah, yeah, and a big thank you also, Sai. Si. Um, you know, uh, my weekends are always a, a standard set routine, and um, now I've got a new routine, but it's one that I always look forward to um, each week. It's been great getting to know you, great getting to know the guests, and um, I just hope that everyone is listening on a regular basis enjoy it as much as we do by doing it. Indeed, spot on. And I will say, anyone who downloads and listens, get in touch, send us messages on uh, on the Instagram or the the ace podcast nation page or the twitter page tell us because we're going from next week we're back into the retro review so we'll be reviewing the whatever ufc we're up to i think think off the top of my head it was about ufc 12 um and we'll be doing one boxing or mma fight on top of that each week where we'll just do like an hour 15 talking old ufc and uh, old boxing or mma a lot of fun so you send us what you want us to watch and we will watch and talk about it. In the meantime, we bid you a farewell. Happy New Year to everyone. And we will see you in 2021. You're listening to Ace Podcast Nation, the hottest new podcast network and YouTube channel in the UK, featuring original series, top guests, expert analysts, and more. Check out facebook.com forward slash Nation for news on latest guests and shows. Watch every show in full at youtube.com forward slash Nation. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere 
and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.